You're listening to The Mind Podcast. Today, our guest shares her story about her struggle with depression, eating disorders, and substance abuse. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, yeah. I'm Jordan Todesey. Um, I'm an actress, a yoga instructor. Um, I'm best known in the acting world for the role of Lizzie McDonald in Live With Derek, as well as Adam Torres in Degrassi. Um, both ro- those uh, roles and shows were so much fun to be a part of. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. Um, I guess we'll just jump right in and ask, what has your journey been with mental health? Uh, I definitely went through um, a rough patch through my teenage years. Um, I struggled with depression um, and an eating disorder, anorexia, bulimia, and body dysmorphia. Um, So that was a very hard time. And uh, during that time, I was also um, substance abusing with um, drugs and alcohol and uh, really just not mentally with it. self um, destruction and and a lot of negative agreements that I was making with myself at that time. Right. So how old are you now? I'm 25. Okay. And how many years ago was this? You said your teen years, right? Yeah. So I would have been, I believe it was from the ages of approximately 17 to 19 or so. Um, There was uh, definitely some rough years there. Right. Right. So depression, anorexia using do you feel like the using was because of all the other things you were experiencing in life or or did that come before you know I often wonder that um I think they kind of went hand in hand with each other and snowballed you know on both sides um when I started uh you know obviously with with something as simple as pot and then you know it can it can really become a little bit more. Um, and I think that kind of piggybacked on top of all the underlying issues that I was just kind of pushing down and down. And, you know, you can only really do that for so long. Um, and I remember it started really simple as far as the eating disorder went, you know, wanting to um, diet. And I often wonder um, where that stemmed from. I know being in the industry I'm in, I think that definitely had a, had a huge play on it. Um, playing the role of Adam was definitely tough. I struggled with wanting to feel more feminine um, when, you know, you're being, you know, portrayed as a guy on, on TV, and especially going through high school. Um, even at the age of, you know, as young as 14, I started to have um, those contradicting thoughts of, well, now I got to wear more makeup or, you know, wear push-up bras or, um, maybe just, you know, doing things that I wouldn't have felt the need to, um, accentuate more. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, I never thought about how it would affect you personally, you know, acting as a trans. I, I can only imagine that after that, you did feel that you had to accentuate those things because did you ever have people think you were actually male like in your personal life when they just meet you yes and I think that was something that I really struggled with uh during playing that role is you know typically as an actor or actress um you know on set or in that work environment um you can become somebody you're not that's you know in my opinion the whole 
beautiful part of acting is you get to um, portray somebody to the best of your ability um, and it's somebody that can be totally outside of yourself um, and with that role obviously having my hair actually cut um, you know if I would go out without makeup wearing you know what I would wear you know jeans and a t-shirt or something um, you know even from behind I remember I was in a Tim Hortons lineup and uh, you know an older gentleman said oh excuse me sir and I turned around and he's like oh I'm sorry and uh, but it's little things like that that you don't necessarily think about at the time and obviously you know it, it can have an effect on you um, subconsciously for sure. Right I'm sure do you feel like that hurt hearing someone call you sir you know at the time I didn't think much of it and immediately he realized um and you know looking back on it I definitely think that that um had a had a play on that and and even in high school dealing with um bullying and you know guys being like hey, you know dyke or whatever and you know it it's done in a very light manner, but it definitely, um, you think about that, you know, later when you're, when you're by yourself, you replay those moments and you think, huh, and now being able to step outside of, um, being in that mental space, I can see it in a bit more clear light where at the time it, it probably had more of the, you know, the, the stab to it. Right. Now, how old were you when you played that role? Um, I was, I believe, uh, yeah, I would have been 14 and that went for four years. So it was uh, near the end of playing that character that um, I really started to struggle with um, an eating disorder and other mental um, mental issues that uh, really made themselves clear during that time. Right. So, well, four years, that, that's a long time to play one role. Um, that's a blessing though. But I'm wondering, so you had to cut your hair. Did you have to lose like a lot of weight? Because you look like a pretty thin person naturally. <laughs> I am pretty thin naturally. And I've always, um, you know, been somewhat fit. At least I, you know, I always like to think so. And especially now with, with my yoga practice, for sure. Um, and it wasn't so much the losing weight. If anything, it was uh, the binding of my boobs um, that definitely, uh, you know, whether you like to admit it or not, if, if anything, part of me wonders if I can almost understand um, in some aspect the um, what maybe some trans people have gone through where they feel outside of themselves. Um, because during that time, for sure, I felt like, you know, this isn't me. And obviously I understood it was a character. And going back, I would do it over again. I would just maybe look at it a little bit more um, maturely than I was in my youth. Um, and, you know, I even remember taking on the role and knowing this is gonna be tough. Um, but then, you know, the hairstyle started getting shorter and shorter. And, you know, then they're saying, well, don't pluck your brows because we need you to look more masculine. And obviously I, you know, I am a very feminine person. Um, and so I think that was, you know, they didn't mean it in that way, but it definitely played a, played a role in feeling the need to accentuate my femininity more. Well, especially at 14, I mean, that's when we're all discovering ourselves, no matter what we're doing. <laughs> so I'm sure that that was just so different. Does that, do you feel like that played a role in your depression? You know, I don't know. I think more so than anything, and, and you know, 
looking back and everybody has bad days and I'm a big believer in that. Um, and I never had, it's hard, you know, you, you play the game of scales and you think, well, I had nothing to, you know, be that sad about. I had no reason to self inflict or, you know, why, why was I saying the, oh, woe is me when I know there's people in worse scenarios or situations. So, um, I think if anything, that was probably more so the drugs, um, than anything. And, and I think the more that I started to abuse substance, the more I, you know, it takes you on that roller coaster and then you're, you're searching for that high. And I think that more so was to do with the depression, depression side of it. Um, and then of course that just fed into even more so of, uh, you know, starving myself and not feeling worthy and, and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of this, it's the snowball and it just, they piggyback off each other constantly. It's a, it's a scary thing. <laughs> Um, did your parents or your mom or your dad, your friends, did they notice, did they say something like, Hey, what's, what's going on? You're different. Yeah, they definitely, um, started to notice and, um, <laughs> there was numerous times when, um, my parents would, you know, say, Hey, like, just eat this. So we know you're eating. And I would say, Oh, you know, and the, the, youth and immaturity of, you know, it's my body, it's my life, I can decide for myself. Um, and I know, sadly, it, it definitely took days off my parents' life because of the stress um, and worry that I just put them through during that time. And I definitely have, you know, the, the regrets as far as that goes. Um, and very grateful that I had them in my life during that time to still throughout it all be some kind of support and some kind of um, rock and stability. Right. That's huge. I mean, that's people need people. And if we didn't have that, where would we be really? Honestly. Now you seem like you're doing pretty darn good now. What <laughs> did you do to get out of it? I mean, did you have therapy I'm sure yoga played a huge part in healing I'll call it yes absolutely um of course I think therapy is good for everybody I mean even people that maybe don't feel like they need it I think it's mm -hmm. a great tool that we can tap into and and use um so of course that definitely helped um as well as you know, majority of it, I, I do feel like was my yoga practice. And I remember going to the first um, yoga class at the studio that I now teach out of. And, um, and I had practiced yoga before in my youth. Actually, I took a um, trip to India with the Degrassi cast. Um, we went charity and and that was an amazing experience and we practiced yoga there we learned about the culture um and I think in in India without even realizing it I did fall in love with a lot of the spirituality behind it um but then had lost myself a little bit and a friend convinced me to come to a yoga class and I remember I was very frail um I thought you know it's that weird mental 
thought of, oh, well, you know, I have to lose weight before I can go. And luckily she convinced me otherwise. Um, I remember going and just seeing the light through the students and, and the teacher. Um, and it was just so inspiring to see people that were just so lit up and so obviously healthy and um, you could tell very in themselves, um, which was just really beautiful. And uh, being in the industry, you know, it's it's a little bit different. And um, and I just left feeling like, okay, wow, I want to go back. And and I remember thinking, you know, slowly as the as I went more and more, my thoughts were shifting from negative self talk. Um, you know, I was five poses behind everybody and, um, you know, oh, well, maybe, maybe I should have eaten something so that I'd have more energy, you know, oh, look, she's doing like a really cool pose. Like she's in a handstand. I'm definitely not strong enough to do that right now. Like that looks like it would be really fun. And it's almost like that child, that inner child of, I just want to have fun or I just want to mm -hmm. maybe fuel my body to be able to do those poses. Um, that perspective started to shift. And um, yeah, it really changed from, you know, I need to be thin, I need to be skinny to, I used to be a really strong kid. I, I wanna tap back into that. I used to, you know, wanna arm wrestle the guys. Um, I wanna tap back into that, right? Um, yeah. And it was, it was a really beautiful, and of course there was times when, you know, those negative thoughts would come in and, and even still to this day, you know, there's days that are bad, um, but it's constantly going back to the light and going back to um, that better self and that, that health. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a really beautiful shift. Um, and although it was over, you know, several years, it was great. And I remember after the first, I think it was after the first intro month, because they offer, you know, they have an intro month, um, that I decided, okay, I want to be able to do this. So I'm going to actually give my time. And I started doing energy exchange at the studio. Um, so I would, you know, clean up around the studio, help out at the front desk, too. Then I started assisting program where I was learning how to assist the poses and assist the teacher through a class. Um, and then it was two years after that, I decided, okay, I'm going to take teacher training and start teaching this practice that truly helps my mind, helps my body. Um, even, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in the spiritual side of things and, uh, it really helps with that too. That's awesome. That's a beautiful story. actually. Just that little piece of it. Um, what really stood out to me was that you said when you went in there, you saw, did you say people had, they just had light within them, but yeah. it's different than the industry. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? That's a very interesting way to kind of put it. Yeah, I, I think, um, and obviously I see a big shift in the industry actually within the last year, even to be honest. And that is really inspiring for me. Um, but being brought up in an industry that is so very um, masked and, 
you put up front and, you know, just like, you know, on social media with everybody really relating it to that, we show the best sides. We show the best parts of our life. We show the extravagance and, um, and I think there's a lot behind that. I mean, a, a funny way of saying it is, you know, when we film often it's in these big old warehouses that sometimes there's, you know, mouse poo and stuff that you'll find. And yet people think it's this amazing place you go to and you take a limousine there or you know we have these ideals that that we you know <laughs> put on to the industry and um there's a lot behind that that goes on um and I think the beautiful side of the the yoga in the retrospect of that it was the people are in their shadow work at the studio people are in their crap um with lack of a better term, and yet they are still so um, vibrant through that. They're in the work, and they show that side of themselves, um, obviously to a certain extent, but I just found that very inspiring, and there was no fronts put up. Um, so I really liked that aspect of it. Yeah. So you, so you saw that the authenticity is what truly brought out these people's real true selves and you're like hey everyone's beautiful exactly yes 100 true um do you feel like having just your mental health issues in general has really shaped who you are today like how do you think it's shaped who you are today i absolutely think that what we go through um can change a lot about us and experiences everything, um, which is why, you know, I mentioned if I had the choice, I'd do it all over again. Um, of course, I'd like to think that I would have some uh, wisdom about it, but um, right. 100%, I, I think it made me stronger. I think it made me even more confident in both my feminine and my masculine uh, sides to myself, because I am, I always considered myself tomboyish growing up. I loved the, you know, rough, tough girls. Lizzie in Life with Derek was exactly, you know, the definition of that. She was very tomboyish. She did karate and soccer. Um, and although I didn't play sports, I, my best friends growing up were all guys. Um, I never played with Barbies. I actually played with Bionicles and, and Beyblades and Lego and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think if anything, it allowed me to explore some of my feminine side, which maybe I wouldn't have pulled out as much. Um, and also hundred percent feel more confident in who I am. Um, and I think it allowed me to understand a little bit of the actual character I played, um, which maybe helped me portray him better as well. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I went through bullying um, and now if, <laughs> if people attempt it, it's kind of like water off a duck's back. I, I feel a lot more, um, firm in in myself in my body in my stand yeah that's awesome and going back to what you said in terms of our experiences make us like that's so so true but often when we're in it we're just like this is the worst thing ever I don't see how this is going to be beneficial to me 
this is really hard. I don't know if this is going to make me a better person or maybe it'll make me a worse person. So I think and of it's, course, it's kind of awesome that you found the beauty in it. Yeah, no, and there's always that worry of, you know, having something hurt you to the point that you close off or um, that you reciprocate and, and push that negativity back out. Um, and I know there was definitely parts when, and maybe I was just hangry because obviously I wasn't eating, but I was a very negative, harsh person. And um, yeah, I mean, God bless the the friends that stuck by me through that. Um, and I mean, it, you know, on, on the other side of that, you know, it's, it's like that whole saying, I wish there was a way to know the good times when you're in them before they're over. And it's exactly that, you know, it's not until you're out of those good times that you look back and you're like, Oh, good old, but you never really notice you're in them. And, and same with the, the hard days too, you, it's, it's, it can be really tough when you're in it. And that's why even speaking about it now, I do feel a certain sense of responsibility to be very careful in the way that I say things because I'm not in that right now. And it's a lot different when you're in it as compared to when you're out of it. Right, right. You have that um, hindsight 2020 type of perspective now to where you're like, okay, yeah, I can see where I, where I grew from that. But but you bring up another thing is when we discuss anything in our past, really, and someone's going through something similar, it can help them, but it can also, I wonder, make them feel not, not well, kind of less than, if that makes sense. So um, I just wonder if by having open and honest conversations about it, if it'll just normalize everything to a point where we're not afraid to see what happens after the bad things happen, essentially. I definitely think that knowledge about it is, is huge. Um, once you're aware of something, you can choose to, what to do with it. Um, not being aware of it is one of the hardest things. Um, and you know, if anything, I, my biggest thing is, you know, experience makes us. And as much as I can suggest or recommend certain things, ultimately it is everybody's individual choice and it has to happen at the right time for them and the right way for them. And what happened to me, the way it did, the timing it did might be totally different from the way it's going to happen to you or somebody else. And I mean, yes, it's beautiful. Um, and hearing different experiences of how people heal is, is incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's like one of the biggest things is how can I, you know, yes, I can speak from my perspective and, and my story, but really that's where it ends is this is what I went through. And if you're going through something similar, here are some tools I've used but ultimately you have to find what works for you. And, and it's exactly like meditation, like yoga. It can be, um, it can be done in many different ways. And there's many different tools that we can use to, to tap into our better self and our health. Um, it's just finding that right way. You know, it can be yoga. It can be working out at a gym. It can be walking. It can be creative art, music. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, whatever outlet works for you, works for you, as long as you're not hurting anybody or yourself. Of course, yeah, and and that's intent behind it. You know, it has to come from love and all that is good, Um, yeah. Right, right. Now, during all of your darkest moments, who do you felt, who do you feel inspired you the most? Like to, to kind of get you out of it, other than yourself, obviously, because we have to want to do things from an internal place first. I mean, my goodness, that's that's a very hard question. Um, and I don't know if if there was really anybody specific other than the collective of all the people and friends that I knew and made during that time in my life. Um, there was several teachers. Um, Annie O'Brien was somebody that um, I just loved her classes. I loved her way of thinking, Nicole Shaw. Um, they're all just, of course, friends of mine and, and you know, they teach alongside me now, um, or rather I teach alongside them now, which is such such a huge honor. Um, and I mean, I definitely have to, you know, admit that a lot of that I, I owe to God and, and I give to him because I, I don't know where I'd be without some kind of spiritual base in, in some sense and, you know, call it universe, call it God, um, you know, look at other religions and, and I do feel like there's a very common with all of them um and I'm not here to to preach or anything that's just something for me that really resonated and really helped me um and you know still to this day I I my meditation practice is huge and I consider meditation very similar to prayer um and so that I think was was all massive for for my healing for my growth yeah well I mean just alone that's inspiring just knowing that there's something bigger than you is I mean it's very awing (laughs) to say the least um I do just out of my own curiosity now did people on set ever say anything did they notice that you were struggling at all absolutely um and I think you know, they were very sensitive about it. Um, there, there was definitely moments where, you know, they would ask, hey, like, are you doing okay? You seem pretty thin or, you know, what's going on? Um, and honestly, parts of that time in my life, it's like, parts of it are like remembering a dream almost because I was clearly malnourished. Um, so my brain was not functioning quite properly. And I often think that that had a huge part in that snowball effect, as we mentioned. Um, but I, I know they were very, uh, sensitive towards the topic. Um, but I'm sure, you know, it was, you can only hide it for so long. Right. Right. So no one ever said, Hey, you need to get help just straight out. They were just like, Hmm. There's something a little off. Yeah. And once again, I, I think that's why, you know, having talks like this and and I love what you guys are doing because I think this is huge for making it 
you know, once again, that knowledge is key. The awareness is key. And um, being on the outside, looking in at somebody, how can you really suggest that without fully understanding, without fully knowing, and also without, you know, trying to bring it up in a sensitive way and not trying to offend or hurt um, or cross a boundary? Like, what is the line of boundary? Um, and I know, obviously, with my parents, it was a lot different and handled a lot differently because they're my parents. Um, but with friends, there was, I remember putting friends in situations where it was like, hey, can you lie to my mom, say that I ate pizza while I was at your house, if she asks? And that's, uh, and, you know, obviously, I feel terrible now. And God bless the friends that have stayed through that all because that was a very hard place to put somebody in. Um, and exactly that where when do those boundaries you know where's that line that's drawn in the sand right when can you cross over that yeah yeah well that's a at least you got to know who your real friends were in that yeah now when you would put your friends in those situations did any of them say I'm not going to do it because I love you not because I don't absolutely I had um people actually say you know, and of course, this had an absolute sting to it. Um, you know, I can't be around you when you're doing this to yourself. Because it's it, I can't sit by and watch you essentially, you know, hurting yourself killing yourself. Um, when I do care about you and until you, you know, and, and I don't know what the right answer is, obviously, you know, I think when people are in that mud is when you want to try to pull them up and out of the mud. But at the same time, maybe that was their way of, of trying to do exactly that. Right. Right. They were, um, they were just making sure they didn't enable you to continue yeah. those behaviors. Yeah. Essentially sometimes as rough as it is to hear and even see, sometimes people do have to get to their lowest point to kind of realize, okay, this is not where I want to be in my life and just yeah. kind of snaps them out of it. Yeah. Tough love, yeah. right? Right, right. Even though it's hard, sometimes that's just what you got to do to get yourself there. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the, the anorexia portion of it, your yoga practice helped you in a sense of you wanted to be able to fully perform, I'm sure, all the poses and everything. And you felt like, well, if I'm not fueling my body, I'm not able to do that. So did you kind of find your way in terms of nutrition on your own? Or did you have to seek out help from a nutritionist or maybe even your teachers? I absolutely did a lot of research on my own. Um, and I absolutely had a lot of help. Actually, my um, one of my parents' best friends and, you know, was was my godmother growing up and she's actually a certified nutritionist. So she was a great person to go to and, you know, say, hey, so um, what do you think I should eat if I'm trying to, you know, build muscle or um, trying to, you know, feel, you know, healthier, what, what are the levels of protein and, and macros and, um, and still to this day, I'll be completely honest. Um, there are things I understand and I, things I know help my body and things that I don't concern myself with too much because I don't want that to become an obsession either. Um, right. and 
know, one thing I've really learned with um, my diet and nutrition is balance is, is huge. Um, you know, I was vegetarian for several years. Um, I was vegan during the um, teacher training process that I went through. Um, and, you know, to this day, I, I eat meat. I do my best to find um, locally raised meat um, just to support the, the local businesses that I know are treating their animals right. I I'm, I love animals. This is my cat Pikachu. And I mean, my other cats away. And I, I just, I love animals. So for me, that was why I even went vegetarian. Um, but you know, if you obsess over anything, um, it's for myself, I know it's not healthy. So yeah. balance is key. And, and I mean, part of, you know, eating a, eating a cake or enjoying a chocolate bar, that's one of the enjoyments of life. And so having, whether you call it a cheat day or, Hey, you know what, I'm going to reward myself with this right now. I've eaten healthy, you know, today or whatever it is. Um, and really a big thing is feeling how the food sits with you. Um, right. you know, eating a hamburger from McDonald's doesn't sit as well with me as, as eating a home cooked meal or, you know, going to a, a healthier option. Um, and so that's something that I really started to notice. And, and even with the whole yoga practice, just getting more in tune with my body, connecting mind, body, soul, that's, you know, that's the goal. And um, I think that played a huge role in seeing my food as fuel, as opposed to an enemy. Right. Right. That's huge. What, what do you think you would give people if they were to come to you for advice? Like they're saying, I'm, I'm going through something similar right now. What could you tell them? This is always a hard question. Um, I know. Yeah. Um, it's a necessary evil. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, um, the biggest thing is really sitting with the why of it. Um, so often when we are upset, we, we, you know, feel sad, we automatically create an agreement and I am, you know, the I am statement is, is huge. Uh, it's one of the most, if not the most powerful word in the English language, because we're giving our identity over to that. I am sad. I am upset. And seeing it in a different perspective of, well, I feel sad. Isn't that interesting? Why? Where is this stemming from? And I mean, that's a huge part of the shadow work that I've done, you know, seeing, noticing those areas of myself that I often hide or suppress, um, and then through that, having a more clear sense of how to combat that. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, ultimately finding once again, those outlets, those tools that, you know, you can put in your belt and pull them out when you need and, you know, noticing the seeds that you're planting within yourself, the agreements you're making with yourself, um, what fruit those seeds are going to bear. Um, if it's, a negative fruit, you know, dig that out and, and toss it. Um, yeah. But it, it, there's no easy answer. And that's the unfortunate thing is the, the answer really is, you know, do the work, 
and it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough and nothing good comes easy either. So those good days that are just around the corner, you know, you have to walk around that corner and, you know, often around that corner is when the strongest wind is blowing. And as soon as you get past that is when the calm is. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love how you, you, you differentiated the whole I am versus I feel because exactly like you said, we get stuck in this. I mean, especially on social media. Oh, I don't have this or I don't look like that or whatever it may be. You're like, well, that deems me unfit in any way for society in general and for myself. So if you can really differentiate that I am from that I feel, that's really huge. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where did you learn that? Was that something you just read or is it part of your practice for yoga? Um, you know, I don't even know exactly. I, I think it's, it very well could be something my mom taught me. She's, you know, I look up to her a lot. Um, I just know that it's been something I've known for a long time, but I've, I never understood it as much as I have within these last few years of my life. Um, and, you know, when you make these agreements, you're really handing over such a huge part of yourself to that, such a huge part of your identity. Um, I think I just started to notice when I was doing that shadow work, how easily I was handing myself over to those negative things, those, you know, I, oh, well, I'm, I'm sad now. Oh, well, I'm just, I'm angry. And, you know, it's almost like I used it as a crutch. Well, well, I'm angry, so it's fine. Um, and I just really started to notice how changing that perspective of, well, no, I feel this way but I'm not that, you know? Um, yeah. 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 It's kind of like taking back your power. Uh, oh, a hundred percent. I love that. I, I, even the whole practice of yoga, it was exactly that in a physical form. You know, I, I, that to me is so inspirational. Yeah, it truly is. You keep mentioning, mentioning shadow work. What, what is that? <laughs> I, I want to say I've heard of it, but never looked into it. So the way that I look at it, and this is just from my perspective, um, because I know that, you know, people will, many people have a different pers perspective of it. Um, and so for myself, that is really just noticing the shadows within yourself, the parts that are hidden. And, you know, <laughs> It's like when you start to do yoga, how you're all of a sudden using these muscles that you wouldn't otherwise feel or notice or use. Um, when you start to look into yourself, you start to find parts that you wouldn't maybe see otherwise because they're they're darkened, they're in the shadows um, within yourself. Um, so it's kind of pulling those out and taking it is it, it taking it for what it is and what it's not and you know, once again, that awareness is key for, for growth, for change, for whatever you want to do with that. Once you're aware, then you know, and boom, you get to decide. Um, yeah, that's no better, do better type of situation. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah. 
that's that's huge i mean just being able to um like you said take off that mask kind of really it's hard though i can only imagine that no one really wants to see the ugly parts of themselves absolutely in order to change it that when you see some something in somebody else that bothers you often that's a beautiful opportunity to think okay what's in myself that that's bothering because there's something there that it's almost like that um reflection that you you put up you put that on somebody else and um yeah it becomes an opportunity to look at yourself in that same light yeah yeah you're kind of getting that the mirror that tells all the truth to you um so other than yoga how else do you engage in any sort of self-care uh, music is a huge part of that. I'm soon to be releasing an album, which I'm really excited for. Um, I just moved to a new place. Um, so that put a lot on hold. I, I spent the last, uh, three months packing, unpacking, moving, painting, setting up. Finally, I have a living room that's somewhat nice to actually sit in and it's almost all complete. I have like two more boxes left to unpack. Um, but music created outlets. Um, yeah, I know. I'm so excited to have my own space now. It's great. Um, yeah, meditation is huge. Um, and I mean, that's ever changing, right? Like one thing I love about us as, you know, humans is we can, for myself, I'm constantly trying to find new things that I love. Um, whether that be, you know, going out on a, on a hike, um, okay, I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, experimenting with music, experimenting with writing. Um, there's so many different fields that we can explore with that. I think it, you know, I, I hope that it's continuously changing and growing um, and shaping around kind of what I need in that moment. Right. So it's almost like your form of self care is constantly finding new things to enjoy about life yeah exactly nature is perfect yeah nature is huge it kind of it it grounds you again it puts you back to like okay this is this is where we need to kind of hang out more absolutely um so i know you said you're coming out with an album that's huge Uh, i didn't even know you sang yeah. <laughs> I know not a lot of people do actually. It's it's that's a very um personal side of myself that forever I and maybe this is the perfectionist in me. Um but you know and, until it's perfect I can't put it out. Um and then part of me wonders if it is the fear of you know it's not a character anymore. I'm not I can't pin that on the character and say, well, this is just a character I'm playing. No, this is like very personal to me. And it is very much so me. Um, and so that's, I think why I've put it off for so long. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm at a point in my life. And even with this, uh, quarantine 2020, it really pushed me towards actually completing it. And, um, finally, you know, building up the the onus to, okay, it's time. It's been long enough. And, and I really want to start putting my music out there. I'm sure you'll do great. How do you handle criticism? 
I'm sure you get a ton from various things you've either done or are doing or whatnot. Um, it's hard regardless of, you know, of course there, you know, it's never easy taking criticism. Um, but a very, I guess a refreshing way of looking at it is no matter what, and especially in today's day and age with the whole culture or the cancel culture and, and everybody just seems very um, easily offended uh, and entitled to, you know, say, well, I don't like this, so I don't want anybody to like this. Um, but no matter what you do or don't do or say or don't say, you will never be able to make everybody happy. And you will always have some sort of, um, you know, objection against something you're doing. Um, and, you know, I also think back to the whole, okay, well, if it's somebody that like my mom, you know, for example, somebody I respect and care about and, you know, want in my life, um, you know, when she says something, I will, I'll think about that. And I'll actually think, okay, like, let me take a look at what I'm doing. What is, where is the intent coming from behind this? Um, what is the fruit that it's bearing? Um, is there a reason why this would, you know, offend her or hurt her? Or is there a reason why this is, you know, it deserves some sort of criticism? I love constructive criticism. So obviously that is a total separate thing. Um, but, you know, for when people maybe don't, when I don't know them and they don't know me, and maybe it's just as simple as they don't see the intent behind something I'm doing and they see it in a different light and that can be totally okay. Um, and so I see it as, you know what, thank you for saying that. I disagree. And if you don't see it this way, that's okay. Um, you know, I, regardless, you're going to have people that are, you know, I'm already, I'm already ready for the, the hate with the music. Oh, another, you know, actress or Disney star, you know, doing music. I'm already ready for that. So, you know, and, and even like when I teach a yoga class, a big thing that I like to believe is, okay, not everybody's going to like my style of teaching, what I'm teaching to, the poses I choose, the sequence, the music I choose. And that's okay. If, if one person in that classroom leaves gaining something or feeling good or enjoying it, then like my job is done. That one person got from it and like, yes. So that's the way that I'm, you know, I'm putting that same perspective on my music, on, on my art, on what I do, um, what my passions are. And if one person gets inspired from that, if one person enjoys it or likes it, then, you know, my job is done. And I, that, you know, happiness for myself. I'm yeah. That's awesome. I mean, just being able, like you said, just being able to touch at least one person, no matter what anybody else says, kind of makes all the crud that we go through worth it. Yeah. Um, so what else are you working on? Anything you want to promote or advertise for? Um, to be honest, just um, working on my own stuff, my own music, which I know I've already thrown a little low-key promotion out there. Um, really trying to amp up my YouTube channel again, especially now that the move is over. Um, so I'm really excited for that, having this space to actually 
do my own thing, um, work on music. Obviously right now with another lockdown that we're in until, you know, mid January, it, the, the industry has once again stopped, um, <laughs> stopped filming and, and doing stuff like that. So, um, as far as auditioning goes, I will continue that as soon as things open back up. Um, obviously, you know, I, I do teach online yoga classes, um, private classes are always available. So it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, and yeah, I think just really trying to focus on my own creative outlets, start streaming, all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm really uh, looking forward to delving into this year. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm so happy to hear that you're doing better. That's awesome. Thank you. Seeing people's stories, how they can, you know, we all go through really, really hard times, even though it doesn't seem like it. And if you try hard enough, you'll make it out a lot better in the end. Absolutely. Well, I really enjoyed this. And I usually like to ask people if they would like to come on in maybe a year again, maybe do a little update. Yeah, that would be so great. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this too. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure, Erica. No, thank, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. It was totally. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Bye. You too. Please go show Jordan some love and support. All her links are down below. And check out our Instagram for more information, guests, and more. Thanks for listening.